Good day and welcome to another episode of the Bindu Business Podcast. Uh, with me today, I've got Tabang Pala, who's a brand strategist, social entrepreneur. Is uh, also a host of a show similar to this one, but not as good as this one. Uh, it's actually quite a lot of things. I don't know which ones you paid me to say. Which other one did you pay me to say, Tava? Oh wow, <laughs> a lot of things, man. I I do a lot of things, but I'm I'm a, yeah I'm an all rounder. Uh, yes. as people like to say um, I do a lot of things, but yeah, um, yeah. I think we'll you'll know more about me in, yes. in this podcast. So, yeah, but yeah, this one is not better than Abudram's show. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, uh, Leon, for for having me. Yeah. Yes. So uh, before we get in and we start talking about. Um, the businesses that you've done and what you do, mm. who is this Tabang Pala? Where does it come from? Just give us a little bit of background on yourself. Ooh, very, very interesting. I hardly get those questions. Anyway, it's, it's, it's really good to be on the other side mm-hmm. uh, for a change because I'm always on the other side <laughs> asking people questions. Yes. Um, and it feels weird. <laughs> but my, my name is Tabang uh, Pala. Um, I was previously known as Tabang Ramurok. <laughs> and then some people were like, were you married? <laughs> Why did you change your name to Pala? Yes. But you know, um, I'm an African man. And, and as, as an African, I believe in, in you know, traditional customs and, and also, you know, understanding your ancestors and, 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 yeah. and actually finding your lineage and your family as, as, as people. Um, and it's quite important to this um, um, this story that I share with you because it, it ties into um, the person that you see as an entrepreneur. And um, because I then learned about my other side of the family, which is from my father's side, which where I took the Tabang Pala, the Pala from. And I found out that that family actually was more entrepreneurial. And I, I, I actually didn't understand because being in the Ramuroka family, they were just academics, you know, people who yes. just went to school, excel in school. Some of them, they work in Standard Bank, they work in all these different um, big institutions. But I didn't understand why I had to choose the um, entrepreneurship route um, until I, I really I found myself as, as, as a pal. But I was born... And raised in Limpopo, um, in a small village not far from the border of Botswana, um, called Ramatala. Um, in Ramatala, there's a smaller village there called um, Mount Khodi. So it's not really far from the, um, what do we call Eden, where the yeah. cradle of humankind comes from, the, you know, the Mapungubia area, national park, that side. So I come from there. And I was born and raised in, in, in that area, but um, quickly then moved in 1997. I moved in, so you can tell you my age, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I was then doing grade three at that time, and I moved into uh, Gauteng, the, 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 the place of gold. Um, I lived in, in um, uh, Soshanguve, um, a township called Soshanguve uh, in Gauteng, and... Yeah, I lived with my aunt. That's where I practically did my schooling, mm. all my schooling. I did my primary schooling from grade four all the way until I finished my matric and I did also uh, my varsity in social guve. So I'm a mm. social boy. So I'm a social So I the lingo. I so, um, yeah, basically that's, that's, that's about me. I did my primary schooling there, Singobile Primary School, and then from there went to Tutong Secondary, and from there I went to Sushongwewe High, you know. Mm. Um, I studied Sushongwewe I, I studied High, did my sciences then, you know, um... Yeah, now I'm speaking. I'm like it's just like a mirror. I'm watching a movie, <laughs> <laughs> yes. but it, um, but 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 really, um, I I I lived all my life in Pretoria, and mm. I still reside in Pretoria. I have um, you know, um, I've got two houses in Pretoria, so that's I, that's how much I love Pretoria. Yeah. Um, thinking of going back home next year. Kamata. Um, not Kamatala per se, but uh, Beggarsford from my father's side in Ras Kukun, Hoshis Kukun. Um, and I encourage people to actually read up on the history of Hoshis Kukun, not the one where they say Horobla like potata, like was killed by. <laughs> uh, what is what is this? Uh, sweet potato. Sweet potato. Yes. Ah! <laughs> but the real story yes. of Hoshis Kukun, and you'll, you'll really love it um, and understand 
what really transpired. But um, yeah, I am. I'm just. Uh, I was just a normal kid from a previously disadvantaged community like like just like many of us in the country. Mm. Um, lived in the townships, and in those townships, you know, that's where I was raised. I was raised in a, a very strong Christian background, Christian family. Uh, my aunts, all my aunts in Sushan Guve, they were Christian. Even my uncle was actually a pastor. So even in high school, so I had to go to church and I was a, a, a you know, back then we called them keyboardist. Mm. <laughs> but now it was a pianist, actually. Later on, you realize that usually you're a pianist. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I, I have a, a strong Christian background. I was taught to you know, love people, respect people, and um, honor my word, mm. and and be a good citizen. Um, not a citizen of heaven, but a citizen of, of earth, and, and really be communal with people, and, and learn on how to respect people, and have, um, you know, share with people. And, and those are the values that you find in Christianity, and some people like to spiritualize a lot of these elements about Christianity, whereas they're very, very practical and very simple, that the teachings of Christianity are the ones that really grew me to become the man that I am today. And I think when people look at it, look at look at me from now, they they don't actually understand where I come from and the teachings that I, I received from very you know tender age really molded me to become the person that I am, the character that I am. And when you see the business person that is doing a whole lot of things, the media person that is doing all these things, um, there's a grounding, there's a there's a foundation yeah. behind it, and and that foundation is found in the teachings of uh, Christianity. And it's it's a although we can have like really religious and political discussions right now, or philosophical discussions around if Christianity was meant to suppress people or whatever. But we have seen the great side of, of Christianity yeah. and that has made us or molded us to become who we are. I don't know why I'm talking about Christianity, <laughs> but it's quite an important yes. aspect of my life, which I feel that it shouldn't be left out of. Um, maybe if I pass on two years from now, people look at these archives and realize that surely this is how this person lived. So, it's, um, yeah, I was raised by, um, you know, a family that really believes in God and believes in um, taking pe- uh, children to church and teaching them um, um, the great principles of living with people and, and, you know, sharing and being communal and everything. That's what the teachings that I got. And um, in my primary, you know, schooling, that's when I was introduced to, um, you know, entrepreneurship. And I didn't understand that actually it was in me, mm-hmm. but it was really, um, you know, ignited through um, what my aunt, you know, the big aunt, you know, Mamu Kholo Polina, who really taught me on how to become an entrepreneur. How? Yeah, it's a interesting story. So during... Um, um, School holidays in in mm. winter, you know, when you have those uh, breaks in between uh, your academic year, so we would go out and sell maguinya, which mm. is uh, fed cooks or you know fed cakes. I don't know you guys what you call mm-hmm. them in your language. Um, maguinya, you know, they are quite big in our townships, you know, mm. um, and people love you know the baby maguinya, you know, they love them so much they mix them with acha and um, have them with mafali mafali is like the small russian not mm. russians french palonies yeah i think mm. and um I, I used to go out with my aunt and um to go and sell maguinya she taught me on how to do that uh, i think mm. back then maguinya it was like 50 cent i think one mm. and we'd go to knock at every door that we could find next door our neighbors everywhere in our communities and sell maguinya had cakes, you know, in the morning, very, very cold. So we wake up at you know, 5 o'clock in the morning, and then uh, you'll find that my, my aunt has already uh, baked them, and I need to go and take a 20-liter bucket mm. uh, full of maguinya and go and sell. If, if you know, they're not finished, I'd finish around 8 o'clock in the morning. Yes. Um, that's when I would know that I've done my first load. 20 liters. Sometimes they want more, then I'll go and fetch a 10 liter or 5 liter um, bucket. And we go and sell Maguinya. And that's when I learned actually entrepreneurship, you know, knocking on people's doors, learning on how to actually sell. Mm. 
yes. you know, the art of selling, you know, finding and and facing rejection. Mm. You know, some of those things that I was taught from a very tender age. I mean, that's that's something that I, you know, I never on a later stage of my life I never really recognized. But now I'm like, yeah, actually, this is where it actually started, where I learned on how to deal with rejection when people say that hey, I give back or some of them they act like they they are not in at home you know <laughs> they lock their doors yes <laughs> you know or then you you bump into a dog yes. <laughs> chasing you you know mm. and and I think that's why my journey of entrepreneurship really started when I was in uh, primary and secondary uh, but my high schooling then I, I really didn't do much of um, that because I lived with another aunt but now the interesting thing about that part when I was doing my my high schooling from grade ten until grade twelve was that um, on the other side of of Sochanguve, it's block FF. Um, now there, there used to be a time where um, you know ladies loved to sing to uh, R Kelly songs or mm-hmm. you know Mariah Carey songs and all those people you know we belong together songs mm. you know yes. um, they would have song books. You know, mm. write song books, song write write lyrics, and then sing them. And then sometimes they would have yes. to compose uh, love letters. I don't know. I come from that generation, guys. No. Where we used to write. Those were those were our days. <laughs> those were real days, not this yeah. one. This ones are fake, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're living in a scam generation now. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. But but you know, at that time, you know, we used to have. Uh, um, you know, ladies writing lyrics on those songs, song books, you know, 72 pages mm. books, you know. To choir. Yeah, to choir. Yes, <laughs> you know. The one and where you have to actually play the song, stop it after, after five seconds. And write, yeah, and then rewind. Play it again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the time, those are the times. And I actually started learning on how to really, you know, rewind with cassettes. Yes. You know, the first cassette that I had was uh, uh, um, Black or White by Michael Jackson. Mm. Hey, that one was was yes. like yo. That was <laughs> I used to sing to every song mm. of of you know Michael Jackson. I loved Michael Jackson at that time, and I don't even remember where I got that cassette from. It was very original, you know, because mm. you know there was a time where you could really uh, replicate the um, the cassette and make your own copy and stuff oh, like that. Yes. But I had an original yeah, Michael Jackson. It was mm-hmm. quite awesome. But the, that generation now. You had those ladies who used to write uh, lyrics on seventy-two pages or two choirs, mm-hmm. um, and decorate them nicely. Sometimes they would then during Valentine they would then write lyrics from those songs, and then mm. <laughs> you know, uh, and then they do cards, you yes. know, um, and then send them to their boyfriends and whatever. And I saw a problem there. Okay. <laughs> Most of our ladies, they, they don't really know English, <laughs> you know. Mm, and okay. you know, I was I was quite fluent in English, and I, um, I was I was quite a good student. Um, I was an A student. Um, so English was one of those that gave me a lot of awards anyway. Mm. So even competitions, I would really nail it. Um, and I saw a problem that ah, this ones they don't know how to speak English, man. They can't, mm. can't even write English. So I need to find a solution around this thing. I hear what these people are saying. You can't just say, you have to, like, you have to really sing what Asha is saying. You know, yes. you need to listen to the lyrics and, and understand what Asha is saying. You know, you got it bad. You know, mm. you don't, don't mix your own yeah. <laughs> words there. Um, and I, I then found a, a way, a strategy around this thing that, look, I also don't want to be listening to these records and start writing them. Mm-hmm. Let me find a way around this thing. And that's why, like, when, when the internet was coming through in, mm. in our country, you know, when you started mm. having internet. Fortunately, my sister was working for a security company, you know? mm-hmm. And now on weekends, I would go with her to work. You know, mm-hmm. just to learn and whatever. So I had my first, you know, take a boy child to work okay, <laughs> on yes. one weekend. You know, <laughs> yes. and my sister while working there, and um, I would sit on the computer. You know, she does other things, and then I would search for lyrics mm. of of those songs. You know, mm. um, burn. Uh, you know, Asha. Mm. All those those double lyrics. You know, uh, and we belong together. Yes. All those type boys, uh, boys to men. You know, Black Black Streets, you know, mm. all those mm. guys, man. Yo, 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 yo. Mm. We come from a very beautiful generation that time. And I would t- I would take those lyrics, mm-hmm. put them in a Word document. 
Uh, back then, I think we used to have word art or something. Like yes, that. Uh, we the Microsoft. one which people used to do the curriculum vita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. with those you know funny fonts going this yes. way and whatnot. Yeah, and that was a, and we used to have that thing. It was, it was rich art. There was a program called Rich Art, and I would copy those things and put them there from the internet, and I mm. put them on that, and then I would put them in different pages, mm. and then print, mm. right. So I'd use those resources from AT Security Company. Yes. It was in Mabopani that time, and on Monday, mm. I'm I'm there with yes. lyrics. Mm. Ten rand, mm. one page, two pages, twenty rand. So the whole song. The whole song. If the song is long, then mm. you're gonna pay. You know, two pages, three pages, and surprisingly, women like ladies that time. I mean, mm. they would buy. They would mm. buy those those lyrics. Ten rand, Baba. Mm. I was even a DJ, you know, at some yes. point, you know, uh, DJing with uh, uh, what is this auto mix? Yes. There's auto mix and there's virtual DJ. Yes. You know, yes. I, I, I come from that generation where we used to DJ with computers and we'd mm. cue in songs nicely and mm. everything. I was, I was, I was good, guys. Um, yeah. But but then when I got to varsity. And how is a different environment? Things know? were changing back then. Yeah, things now are starting to change. Um, I mean, I mean, the in the early two thousands now, you have um, TUT after merging um, with you know the different technical and it was technical, mm. technical and what 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 what, and yeah. then they merged into and the one. teachers. Yeah, yeah, they merged into one and it became TUT, and then we were the you know the old cohort that caught up with that merger, and now I was. Um, in love with music so much, so mm. I wanted to study like sound music, and also I wanted to to do IT. So I was caught in mm. between a lot of things, but also my grades were quite good for anything anyway. Mm. So um, um, so I, I I I I told myself that you know what I'm gonna still do music. And I'm still gonna do IT. And so how did your family take that when you told them you want to study music? Did you tell them you want to study music? I did tell them that I want to start music because they, they knew because I was already playing uh, piano. At church, yes. So I was and playing at church, you know, I was playing at Crusade. And, and as an music. African parent, how did they take that? Yeah, it was um, something else. I was like, yeah, hey, music. I was like, mm. you know, but 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 the, I had good supportive parents. Apart from my aunt, my aunt was very strict, you know, but um, but my my mom and my dad were very supportive in anything that I wanted to do. Like, whatever mm. you want to do, we'll support you. And I think I, I'm very grateful to have such parents who were okay with anything that I wanted to do because I think my dad really believed in that, you know, so mm. much. And, and I'm, I'm a product of my dad. My dad left his job, well-paying job as a manager mm. of um, a biggest hotel in the country. Mm. And he, you know, he had shares in Moropa Casino before Moropa Casino before it was even established, mm. he had shares in them. He still has shares now. Gets dividends every month, even today. Mm. Um, and went home and built his house and he stopped working. And then he did. He opened a bakery. Mm. You know, and and that's that's those some like those some of the things. And I'll share a bit of my father's side. You know, which you will learn a lot about entrepreneurship as well. Um, but now getting into varsity, now I wanted to do IT or music or both of them at the same time. Yeah, I took that risk. Mm. So entered in 2007 where we had um, the biggest strike TUT has ever had. There was a guy who was very rowdy and very troublesome called Small. I'll never forget that. Yeah, guy. yeah. <laughs> Small really <laughs> messed up our curriculum, yes. you know. And, and and there was a time, it was a time of uh, NG Musek, I think. Um, I think, yeah, she was, she was uh, no, 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 NG, who is this? Naliti Pando. Um, who was the minister of higher education yes, at the time? We, we didn't have higher education; it was just education. I think mm. yeah, before they were divided into two. And um, in the morning, I would attend classes for IT at TUT. Mm -hmm. In the afternoon, three PM, I was attending at the UNISA. Mm. Oh, so you actually did both, both at once? Okay. Once. So Monday to Friday, mm -hmm. I was doing that. So I was doing grade one music. Um, I learned about Mozart. I learned. I did grade one. I, I learned how to write music and, mm. and do all that. Um, um, but my journey was cut short. I had to cut out um, music because of the strike that was taking place at oh. TUT. So now our schedule was affected. Now we leave school at six o'clock in the evening mm. because now the 
Tam-tams t- tables were now switched because of that strike. Mm. So I think some of the things that you see that are happening in institutions of higher learning that actually these things actually they are actually they're not really worth it. You know, they affect a lot, and some 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 students, you know, they really don't they really need help. You know, from lecturers, they need help yeah. from whatever. So it's quite difficult, it's com- especially coming from high school, and now you are hit by a strike <laughs> yeah so i think the the the, the, the thing of strikes in in, in schools and, and and that's why they always say that if you if you want a real strike you must go to tut mm. you know that's where mm. you're really gonna get something out yes. no, don't go to the vc ones mm. and tax uh, ones those ones yes. won't get you anything yes. i had the tut <laughs> if there's no strike they strike that there is no strike yeah yeah there's <laughs> a strike <laughs> that there is no strike <laughs> so, yeah man so i think that thing affected my my studies in terms of you know now prioritizing which one is really important and i took it um so i did you know it programming and my first year mm-hmm. and yeah look i mean i did um um after my first year then i was i was a bright student i've, I've always been a bright student getting into my second year i mean that's when i you know i was majoring now in programming i was doing web and application development um and i made friends and some of the friends were not really that smart <laughs> and mm. i had to help them yes <laughs> and in helping them some of them they rewarded me so <laughs> you can call it whatever yes so some of them i helped them with assignments and mm. um the highest i got paid to help <laughs> you know a student was 4000 on mm. a system Mm. Oh, is that the final year system mm. where you have to do a prototype? Yeah, I have to do a prototype. Yes. The, yeah, then of that system that you have developed and I'd code it in PHP, CSS, and HTML, and all these different languages. Sometimes I'll do it in uh, C sharp, depending on which language I would want to play with. And yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, those are the languages for IT. Yes. So um. And um, I helped a lot of them. Some of them, like I had a flat rate fee, you know, mm. like 2.5. Mm. So if you want a system, 2.5. And people knew where to find me. They, I don't know. Like they know, like, yeah, there's a guy who can help you, man. Mm. You will pass. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yes. So one of the uh, um, adjudicators um, who was, you know, looking into these people's systems noticed something very similar about the systems. Like, Mm, why are these people getting high marks now? They're getting 100, some of them 97. What, mm. what is really happening? But these people have been failing. And they've been failing. You yes. know, in class, they're not really doing well. Who's behind this thing and whatnot? And that's when I met a good friend called Misho. Mm. You know, uh, Misho Ngoveni. And he shout out to this guy who's who's leading one of the biggest um, organizations on, you know, developers in the country called mm. Geek Culture. Uh, Misho, you know, approached me like, you know, Rems, I think I think you are the one. I'm like, what do you mean mm. I'm the one? I think you are the one who's been doing these systems for people. Why are they passing you? Like, like, oh and 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 I bumped into him outside because um I was not sure of that other student that she was going to present properly. So I had to mm. guide her before she goes into the mm. to the room to get, yes. you know, uh, assessed. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, hmm. Well, now you are the one who's busy doing these systems for people, and I laughed about it, and that's where our friendship actually started, mm. and we've been buddies for for you know for a very long time now, and I've I've you know worked with him at the innovation hub, and you know he worked with me with uh, uh, product uh, the, the project that I had with Standard Bank, you know, so mm. that's where you know we we grew in that space. So look, I mean, I was the entrepreneur. Dude, I I made money when I was yes. in varsity. So, I've been an entrepreneur. Um, this is in me. Yes. This is in me. So, I've 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 always been an entrepreneur. But I mean, before leaving varsity, and I was already taken. Uh, before I could even finish my studies, I was already taken to do an internship. Before mm. I could even finish, um, because of being a bright student, fine. But I was then employed in a company called For Anything Marketing. Mm. And 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 that's when I learned the bigger world of things mm. that the industry now. But you didn't stay there for, for a long time. Yeah, I didn't you, stay there for a long time. So I, what made you decide to go into entrepreneurship? Because yeah. 
because mm-hmm. I think you've only you only worked there for six months, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Months, then you, after that, you've never had a job. You've never worked for anyone since then. Yeah. So what made you do that? What made you not go the nine to five route? I mean, both mm. your parents grew up doing nine to five. Mm. Why did you go like? Uh, I think maybe this was before your father actually uh, resigned, right? Yes, yes, yes. This was before he retired. I think is the word. Sure. sure so. Sure. Even if your father hadn't done that, he had worked the nine to five. So why mm. did you decide that you know what yes. I'm not going to go the nine to five? <laughs> it's craziness, but 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 the, but the really the real story is that and 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 hence I started with my spirituality because it's quite important um, aspect of my life. When 2009, I had established an organization called Agape Youth Movement. Yeah. with a friend of mine called uh, Josephine Bila. And we got other people to join in. Then we, when we registered, we were eight. Yeah. That organization today, as we speak, it exists in all the provinces and it does work in the training, development, and education space. Yeah. It partners with United Nations. It works with United Nations. It gets funding from all those big organizations in Germany and other yeah. areas. And I had an agreement with God. Yeah. I had a contract with God that I'm going to be in this organization to revive it because it was dying in 2012. Yeah. I was going to revive after I'd done my internship for six months. Yeah. Um, I told my boss that, look, I, this is not for me. I want to um, pursue my passion of developing people. Yeah. I have an organization. Number two, I want to do my own thing. Yeah. I want to run my own company. Um, he thought it was stupid, stupid decision because I was still new and I was doing great. I was the you first black. I was young. I was first black com- black person in the company. It was gonna be. I'm gonna be like the top. IT guy in the country or even in Africa or something like that. He was, but I was not for that. I was hell bent on my contract that I have with God. God said, I'll take care of you. You mm. won't have anything to worry about in terms of eating and everything. Mm. If you take care of the stuff that I want you to take care of. Mm. That was 2012. Now the organization is already three years in. in, in in, in in existence. But it was dying because a lot of my peers, because we were in the same age, mm. they were going to other provinces, starting mm. to work and whatnot. Even Leon left us because mm. <laughs> <laughs> he was part of the organization at some point. And some yes. of them they went to work, they did their things, and it's, it's well and great. I mean, yes. it's good. This is what we wanted. We want young people yes. to progress. Yes. We don't, we, can, we can't keep young people in, in organizations that's not going to pay mm. them anything. Yes. And, and, and God said, look, I'm going to fund your company. Your company is going to fund the organization. Yeah. Like, what the hell? What do you mean? <laughs> you know, mm. like, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I'm just a web developer. I know nothing about running a company and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. but God proved it with the first client mm-hmm. that I'm going to make your company great. And my first client was Fred Eboka. Who that? Forever. <laughs> Who's that? Now, great question. Freddie Booker is one of the best fashion designers in the world. Mm-hmm. He did the Cape Town fashion um, show. Um, he dresses uh, Chris Brown. He used to dress mm-hmm. Miriam Makeba. He used, to dress, he used mm-hmm. to dress Seal. I mean, this big, big, big people. Mm-hmm. So just check Freddie Booker on the internet. You'll really see who we're talking yes. about. Yes. Here's my first line. Okay. Just for our young audience, uh, Seal is not an animal. It's actually an artist. It's an artist. <laughs> uh, artist yes. from the UK. <laughs> yes, just for the young audience. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's a black uh, UK artist. Yeah, so you know, and that, that for me was was huge. I didn't know the guy before the meeting um, until I I met him because my then lecturer then said to me, "Look, I want you to meet my uncle who needs a website. I can't do the website. You 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 can." Oh, that's how you actually got met him. Yeah, that's how. Okay, because I was actually. Asking myself, how did you advertise it yes. out there? That because I didn't advertise anything. I didn't have a name for my company, by the way. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I didn't even know what is an invoice or a quotation for that matter. Okay. Uh, but 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 
quite interesting is that now my un- um, my 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 lecturer trusted me with his uncle's big brand like mm. Iboka Designs. Mm. And I didn't know this uncle. Shoo. Hey, it was just something else. I mean, I went to the house in Brooklyn, mm. met with this guy. There's a pool up there, you know. Listen, yeah. glamour, <laughs> yeah. And this is like way, way, way years ago, yes. guys. Um, but um, but that guy, you know, told me like, you look, I believe that you can do this, do this. We did mm-hmm. the website. Uh, the uh, as this was your first client, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just thinking of a funny scenario in my head mm-hmm. where he gives you the spec of what he wants. He tells you he wants this big website. Yeah. It should yeah. have this and this. Yeah. And he asks you how much. And because this is your <laughs> and because this is your first client, in my head I'm thinking just like ah, like five clean, five you know, five hundred <gasps> bucks. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Yeah, that you undercharged. Ah, guys, yeah. I charged him one point two, yes. which is still little. Was too little for the work that I did. Yes, I mean I was like, uh, but I was happy. I was excited. Yes. But I mean, if you get that one point two, you don't know what to do yes. with it. Like at that time, around Tabon Biggie's time, you yes, know, you know, money was still money. You yes. know, no, it's not money. So, so, so what I was thinking in my head was actually what happened. You charged exactly. too little. That's, that's, I think that's a journey of many entrepreneurs. Like yes, who really don't know how to code and do whatever. We never taught these things, you know. Yes, and you haven't actually worked for anyone. Sure, I'm guessing at this point you you don't even know what other people are charging out there, as well. Interesting, you know, because the only time I found an uh, you know an invoice or quotation was when I was doing my internship mm. on on my project manager's desk. Mm. It was charging. Um, we were building some component of African Bank website mm. at 1.2 million. Mm. And here you are charging 1.2 million divided by... I was getting 5,000 <laughs> in, yes. in turn money. Yes. <laughs> and hey, I was like, I was disturbed in my spirit. I was like, ah, guys, what mm. is that? Hell? Is that something that actually made you want to go into entrepreneurship not as well really, to say, but it's a trigger I want the whole... Yeah. I, but I, I don't think it was not really a trigger. The biggest trigger was really my passion for development or developing other people, mm. which was my contract with God. And and really, I went into that space of NGOs. Mm. You know, the you, you know developing other you know young people. You know, and what exactly does uh, the organization do? Agape Youth Movement. Well, I mean, uh, back in the days, it it was doing everything. It was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it was everywhere, <laughs> yes. you know. But right now, its focus is really on education development in the country because we believe that if you don't fix education, you can't get anything right. And so it's within the education space. Um, it deals with leadership and morality and ethics in, in, in schools. So these things that you are seeing, a lot of kids now beating each other, beating uh, uh, educators now. Smoking, so weed. Smoking. Hey, 60-something of them smoking weed. In, that's something, I don't know. Like the whole class smoking mm. weed. I mean, those are the things that we are, um, you know, trying to deal with. And, and I'm, I'm saying we are as if I'm still with the organization, you know, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm there. Are you not with the organization no, anymore? No, 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 no. I, okay. I had my contract ended. Oh, okay. So my contract ended in 2019. Mm. So it started 2009 and 2019 it ended, uh, my contract with God. And 10 years of my life I spent um, without getting income from the organization, without getting anything. Mm. And I worked literally um, for the organization to build it to be where it is today. Mm. And the connections, the networks, the media, everything, you know. Um, but God was very faithful to bring people like yourself as well, Leon, mm. um, and, you know, bring Botseitse, Motabang, all these great people, young people that we have met throughout the journey, you know. Then, mm. um, look, man, um, the organization is, is really destined for great things in this country. It's, it's really doing some impactful programs mm. and you'll see a, a different breed of young people um, mm. in the coming years. Young leaders who are going to be leading this country. Mm. Um, we, I think if I can go into the session, I can really tell who's going to be the next president in 2050. I, I can mm. literally tell from there because the way they are articulating themselves, the way they see their country, mm. the way they see the development of other mm. people in this country. And Who's I think the biggest looter there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why I already we are removing them already. <laughs> yes. yes. But, but yeah, that's what the organization does. But 
I mean, um, it has really opened opened so much doors for me as as a, as a business person as well. Mm. I was able to meet a lot of big names in the country. If I name drop, you guys will cry. Mm. No, no <laughs> meet, no <laughs> meet, no meet. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's it's it, it really exposed me to a lot of you know business opportunities and also because, like I all like I always say that you have, if you're faithful to your you know covenant or your promise or your contract. Mm-hmm. you know it will yield benefits you know so i was faithful to my contract with god and really god pulled through guys um pulled mm-hmm. through uh most of my you know success started after 2019 the biggest some of the biggest things that i've, mm-hmm. I've achieved of course i mean in my journey of being an entrepreneur i mean i grew i started opening offices and having staff and you know it was it was quite an odd thing you know paying people like mm. people starting like oh, actually people are on my payroll <laughs> you mm, know yes. actually my boss wow yes. <laughs> you know so uh <laughs> just before we go further mm-hmm. uh so with uh you being a christian sure. and being an entrepreneur at the same time sure have there been any instances where you had to do something against your faith for business Look, there's been temptations and I think maybe that's why I I I haven't been quite big 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 entrepreneur or a big business person. Was mm. somebody told me something that you know in business you really have to lose your morals and mm. and I think so, I think maybe there's some of the things that like I, I don't agree with such things, you know. Mm. Um there's been temptations, there's been some instances where people really want to lure you to do some things that are really illegal. Mm-hmm. Um and you know the what do you call these things <laughs> nando's brown uh, envelope envelopes and bags yes. um midnight things go there meet and give this comrade money and like i you know this those things those things are really far from my faith you know um mm. and the values that my faith teaches you know mm. the christian faith teaches um such things that you shouldn't be mixing yourself in such things and um so it it like in business it has been quite tough because some of the business, big business deals that I've missed mm. is as a result of my faith okay mm-hmm. uh just a bit of topic as well would you open a tavern yeah i would open a tavern okay so you don't um, see a conflict with that no there's no conflict with um th- you see there's a there's a there's a notion in society that mm. christian people are not supposed to be drinking Mm. and or christian people aren't supposed to be owning alcoholic uh, whatever but you know, i mean the first miracle that jesus christ performed was of alcohol mm. <laughs> at a wedding <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he was grooving at a wedding yes. <laughs> so i think you know some of things are very far off i mean in the bible you find it's saying that you must have a little bit of wine for digestion purposes mm. so wine is really not for uh making you a mocker it's not supposed to be making you a a dumb person mm. it's supposed to help with digestion is to also help when you are celebrating mm. um one of my favorite scriptures is ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 11 it says mm. that um wine and parties are there for celebrations and stuff mm. and it says it continues to say that money is the answer for everything mm. in one one scripture is speaks about two three things you mm. know party wine yes. and yes. money you know yes. you know ju- just to put it out there uh, this is uh, just a disclaimer first uh, this is not a gospel channel <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tabangi is turning it into it people have this uh, they say money is the root of all evil it's actually the love of money the love of money there yes i just oh. want to put that out there because a yeah. lot of people actually confuse that <laughs> if i were to become very controversial you know i would say that that scripture was really written for for africans so that they don't make money <laughs> and i and that's, <laughs> yes. not go there yes. you know but but the purpose of that is is that i can open a tavern as a mm-hmm. christian because i believe that it's a it's a commercial activity mm between people who want to get um you know something that's going to ease the tension and 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 have fun with it and whatever mm-hmm. but not overdo i think if if i were to find um in my tavern mm-hmm. you know find people who are getting drunk and i see that they're going to get drunk and they're going to start making noise here mm-hmm. then i can stop them 
and mm. not serve them and whatnot. I think that will be me putting measures to then say, look, we need to drink, fine, but don't overdo it. Yes. We have a drinking problem in this country. Mm. Sorry, we have a drinking problem in this country. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, back to... Yeah. <laughs> back to what... So how did, your, how did you tell your mom that I'm leaving this company mm. and I'm going to do my own thing? How did you tell... How, how did she take that? Because I'm thinking mm. African parents, uh, mm. they are not that open-minded. Yeah. And apologies for using this blanket statement. Sure. But I think that's actually the reality with uh, most of, Majority a, of, of us. Can, yeah. You know, uh, so how, do, how did they take it when you told them that I'm going to do my own thing? I'm not doing a nine-to-five. Mm. I'm going to Doing make websites for people who can pay me mm. 40,000, but I'm going to charge 1.2. How, how did she take it when you said Ish. that? Leon, it was quite um, an emotional time of my life. Um, and I'm always careful on how to say this thing, especially in public, because mm-hmm. it involves my immediate family, especially from the side Yara Morocco. Um, I told my my parents, I told my mom and told my dad. My dad was chilled about it. He didn't have a problem because he did the same. Anyway. Mm. He was like, ah, oh, copy and paste. Mm. <laughs> but my mom didn't take it um, nicely at first. Mm-hmm. At first because she raised this boy who did very well, never got into trouble in school, never you know, passed everything on record time, even earlier. Mm. I finished school earlier. I finished when I was 17. I finished, mm. like a lot of things I did early. And <clears throat> now this boy just got a job and it's well-paying job now, moved from mm. internship now. I'm entering into as a junior, mm. you know, from 5,000 to 12.5 now, mm. you know. And this boy just wants to quit. And, and going yeah. to it was like you can yeah. imagine as a parent like yeah. when I, Linda, I think Linda, it will it will put me yeah. off guard at some point I think. no uh I think it actually goes back to given the history of South Africa where Africans couldn't get into certain fields sure. back in the days I think they see us as the generation that we can become know. doctors, can become lawyers, you know, where the sky is the limit for us. Mm. So I think in their mind, they're expecting my, they've got these expectations that my child can go far mm. in a corporate. Sure, sure. So that's why it's a disappointment. And it, 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 it hit her hard um, mm. because I think, you know, they're looking at, look, I'm going to retire soon. And this one, was the hope mm. of the family. My sister didn't do well. Mm. And I'm the last hope. Mm. And now this boy is going to go into an unknown environment mm. where you're not sure you're going to get money. Mm. You're going to hustle. Mm. I, th- I felt for her as well. Mm. But I couldn't resist the urge of listening to what God wanted me to do. Mm. Um... So she was not really happy about it at first, but she supported me even when she was in pain. Mm. To a point where my family, from the Ramroka side, some of them, they distanced themselves from me. Mm. Was it still they shouted the me, insulted me, and like, why could you do this to your mom? Why, you know, all those things? Because they didn't understand what I wanted to do. I was not built that way. I was not built to work for someone. I was built to employ other people. Mm. They didn't understand it because it has it has never existed in the family. And that's when I had to take a journey to understand my roots as a person. Mm. And I looked into my father's side. And there was war. And that war was where was your father all the time? Everything, everything. Mm. There was just so many issues and I reached out to my father's side and they loved me and they taught me so much. Mm. All of them in that family, they're entrepreneurs. Mm. Is your father still alive? Father is still alive. Mm. Runs a small bakery there mm. in Vegas Fort and, you know. 
and remember my dad says something even um while talking lightly that you know kamo kekhabo bands this mm. is a family where we drive mercedes benz mm. <laughs> you know and and that for me challenged me so much that oh so basically this is a different you know environment mm. and i would encourage people to really touch base with their father side mm. they'll learn a lot about themselves mm. that's why we have kumbule kayas programs mm. on tv because those people are really trying to get in touch with their father side mm. because our families have been broken by this colonial evil system mm. that dis- dis- that distance parents and segregated you know our parents Mm. and there's a painful history of this country that we are not talking about mm. which really needs to be spoken of frankly and with all the emotions and we have to cry and release everything because this the the thing of segregation of taking a person from Limpopo bring them to Gauteng and taking another one from Kisa and put them in Gauteng and they are different and mm. the next thing they meet here they make kids here and they leave their wives they leave their husbands there it's a very painful history of this mm. country the black family unit has been destroyed mm. and i think that we need to be having such frank conversations around what colonization did mm. and what apartheid did as well those yeah. two institutions really killed our you know people our black people mm. that's why men are killing are killing themselves are killing even their loved ones there was a serious and deep thing that really happened in this country and we haven't addressed it. Mm. It's going to take spiritual healing, mm. not physical, not economics. It's going to take physical healing to heal. And because men feel that they can't provide and stuff like that. Mm. It's a very painful thing. I don't want to talk about that, but mm. I was just saying that I went into that journey of discovering who I am mm. as a person and discovering some of these things that I didn't understand about myself. Mm. Why am I so crazy enough to leave a well-paying job where mm. I could be a top executive in an IT company, big IT company, mm. and now to go do your own thing. Do my own thing? No guaranteed in income. No guaranteed income. Month mm-hmm. end, I have to patch and do all those type of things, mm. and that was crazy. Worst thing is Leon. When I left my job, I had opened a Uh, a loan with F&B. Okay. Oh, I was saying, please don't let it be a clothing account in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was well, it was a personal loan with F&B. For? Did you? For so that I can build my uh, my mom a house. Oh, okay. And that thing dragged for so long. Mm. I took time to pay that thing. Yes. There were lawyers involved and whatnot. Mm. I had to pay from paying 1.5 a month to paying 300 Sometimes mm. it was 150. It was mm. a, a very painful. I don't know how many years. I think it took me three or something mm. years to pay it off. Mm. That thing, you know, really, yeah. That's why if I told myself that whenever mm. I buy anything, I buy cash. Mm. So even with my cars, every mm. car that I bought it was cash. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't like uh, credit. That's how sentimental I have. I have towards credit. You know? mm. Um, but. Look, um, I think m- I turned out great. I think yes. I turned out No, it, it worked out <laughs> I fine. Good. It, 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 it turned out fine. Well, <laughs> yes. If we were to do a movie. Well, it's still going on even now. It's still now. going on yes. and I think my mom is 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 it's happy, is in a happy And uh, how 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 was your relationship after that with her? It was quite good because my mom then supported me mm. um throughout. So she came around to understanding yes, she understand that the type of a person I am. And now when I was starting to appear on media and do mm. interviews and even the other family members started like oh actually this is what you are trying to do mm. is what you're doing and now I'm they like, understand the vision yeah. and the goal because it's it's quite tough and I, and I must might admit that mm. people when when you start people don't really understand what you are trying to do mm. and they will dismiss what you're doing and saying what you're saying to them mm-hmm. because they don't understand what is in your head mm. but practicalize it make it practical for them mm. make it clear for them So mm. they start supporting you, start mm. being there for you. Mm. My uh, family came around and mm. they they, mm. they really came through for me. Mm. Uh, just to put something out there, this is not about you. It's a bit about me though. Mm. Uh one advantage, uh, there was a time that I came and I stayed with you I think for a week or a month, I forgot. Mm. Mm. But one of the advantages that um 
privilege, let's just call it privilege, that you have uh, being in uh, Pretoria. Mm. Now, home, home is in Limpopo. That's mm. home. Yeah. So with me, is I have to pay for a place to stay. Mm. So I didn't have that privilege as well. Sure. Some of the people don't have that privilege. Sure. Sure. So sure. someone in Soweto, if they are staying at home, because mm. uh, I don't understand why people are in such a rush to move out of home. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you want to start a business, the best thing to do is to stay at home. Sure. You know, sure. you know, you you're not paying for a place somewhere in Centen, mm. wherever. You know, you're not paying. You you hustling well. You know. Mm. Uh, yeah. No, I was just putting that <laughs> out there. <laughs> and it's an important thing because I started my business at home. You know. Yes. Um, if you didn't have that home. You now know? that's another disadvantage. Yes. Be a disadvantage, but um, the other room I turned it into, you know, a, a workspace. Yeah, yes, office space. So I had a partner called Timelo who drive from um, Tembisa mm. come to my place, you know, and we'd work from mm. <laughs> my office there. Yes. Um, interesting thing. I mean, even when COVID hit, I didn't feel like we we had had a loss. I mean, we closed our office and people started working from home. Oh, okay. And I taught them the culture of working from home. Mm. That you can have discipline. It's about productivity. It's about productivity. And if mm. you have internet, you have good internet, you have a good phone, you have good laptop, I mean, you could get the work done. Definitely. And, and I think that's some of the things that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are missing out on. They don't really understand that these are the important things that you could, you know, uh, do. And I think the, the, the pandemic... Mm. really helped us to sharpen our our businesses a bit you mm. know um i had i had more business in in the pandemic mm. <laughs> you know <laughs> yes. i did a lot of things in the pandemic and mm. i know it affected my business as well but mm. i i know i lost a lot of business because i, I lost clients yes. clients closed down yes. you know big companies closed down guys uh, the pandemic was not nice but Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I surfed, you know, in the world. And what would you say were your highs in business? Oof. Dude, I, I, like, I, I take small things mm. big. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I maximize on small things. What, what has been the biggest thing, though? Like, yeah. the biggest achievement, which if you had to list, you to say this is the biggest thing that I've ever... I think working for World Bank, mm-hmm. when they were establishing the Climate Innovation uh, Center in the country. Mm-hmm. And that for me was the highlight of that's when I said, hmm, there are people who actually recognize that I, you know, yes. that actually there's something that I'm doing, you know, in, mm. in the space of branding, design, digital marketing, and stuff. Yes. Like that. And maybe I think you should call me for a digital marketing name. Yeah, we are, we're actually going to, we're actually going to do cool. that. We're going cool. to actually have an educa- uh, educational episode. Sure. Uh, on branding and marketing, which is something that you do, definitely, yeah, definitely. for people out there who have businesses, that. I'll yes. be happy to share. That. Yes, yeah. So, so basically, I mean, I think that was the biggest highlight of of, mm. of you know my business life, and yeah, there's so many things that I've done, but also, but I think the biggest thing that like, which I think is this like it's small but big, ne? Mm-hmm. that you know when you pay people salaries, ne? Mm-hmm. and they go home, and maybe one or two of them they have kids. Mm. And they're able to buy food for their kids and take them to the mall and mm. like that for me is like life changing. Yes, like you think no like, different. Shucks, man! If yes. I feed one mouth, that mouth is gonna feed more four, mm. five. Because you know how our families are in black communities. Mm. You know, they they share and then they are at home. You know, mm. We share that salad that we're getting. D- doesn't that also scare you because uh, you hold other people's? You hopes livelihood in your hands. If you mess up in business, yeah, yeah that, don't you have that, that pleasure? That for me, is, that's the pleasure, bro. Yeah. And it's exciting, it's thrilling, but it's so beautiful. Mm. It's fulfilling. I mm. tell you, Leon. If you have to employ people mm. and they depend on you to for salary, and they look at you, mm. that who are we making money this month? Mm. Are we having salaries this month, Leon. It's a Best feeling ever. It's mm. thrilling. It's challenging. It's mm. pressure on you. But I'm telling you, it's worthwhile. It's worth everything. Mm. And I'll, I'll I tell you this because I experienced that. You no, know, some of the time there was a time where business was very bad. Mm. Right? They wanted to close the office. Mm. I had to cry, bruh. Mm. I had to cry, and I had to make ends meet. Mm. You know, and come through for the team. Mm. You know. 
There were times where things were very tough, but you know, that is the thrilling part about business. And I, and and I want people who are really geared for this thing called entrepreneurship to really don't lose hope and mm. push as much as you can. Mm. Okay. And what was the low? What would you say that uh, moment was the low when things were bad? Yeah, I think uh, you know, getting to your office in the morning and not me getting and then they, you know, you have your employees telling you that they locked the office mm. and you're on your way to work. Shucks, mm. man. That was so devastating, bro. Mm. Like you feel like you have let these people down, not only these people, but their families down. Mm. That was the lowest point of my life, you know. Um, but you know something interesting, Leon, is that in life that when you are at the l- your lowest and that's when you are closer to your victory, mm. I tell you, my friend, when you are at that point where everything seems so dark, dull, and no hope, that's when you are close and don't lose hope at that point. Because mm. if you dare lose hope, you'll be fi- you'll find yourself actually you were just close, mm. very 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 close. Because a month later, not mm. even a month, a week later, brah, mm. that's when I got a big contract, mm. big contract. You know, and things just changed, just like that. Like, you know, and we lose hope a lot of mm. times, you know, because we've been through so much. The pain mm. is too much. I understand. Mm. But don't lose hope. Mm. Don't lose hope. Okay. Uh, at that moment when things were bad, mm. uh, did you get people who were maybe not supportive saying, yes, we told him it wouldn't work out? You know, uh, did mm. you get such uh, people, maybe some people in family who were doubting that, who doubted? the path you took, did you get some of those people, friends, mm. colleagues who you studied with who were like, but we told you this is not going to work out? Not really, hey. Mm. I think I, I'm, I'm appreciative of my family and friends and, you know, co- mm. you know, relatives who then became very supportive, you know. I think mm. if we went for them, I, w- I would have lost my mind, I think, as well. But, you know, um, we can lose it all. But mm. we, if we have people who support you, and who believe in you so much. And I would encourage a lot of our families to really support entrepreneurs. Mm. Our government has failed. Let's get our Mm. families to support. That's what this podcast is there to do. It's just a way to also, you know, get more people into entrepreneurship. That's why we'll be doing our educational episode to teach people about branding and marketing when they start their companies. Uh, Just on the final note, uh, Tabang, with all the issues that we have, the high unemployment we have, what do you think are some of the solutions? If we could make you president for a day. <laughs> Don't make me. <laughs> okay. For 24 regret. hours, there. <laughs> for 24 hours. Uh, but uh, what changes would you make in the small business sector? Or just overall, just to yeah deal with this whole unemployment sure. that we have it's in a this big country? responsibility. And I think the president is really dealing with a lot. Mm. But one thing uh, for sure is the the system is corrupt mm. from government. Procurement systems are corrupt. They are this, the system is corrupted, and and I think we need to. I know where the system is corrupt, mm. and I think we, we, there's a way of fixing that system mm. because the biggest business that any person in business can get from mm. is from government. Let's not deceive each other. Mm. There are a few instances where you have Facebook that does not depend on government. Mm. But even Facebook has funding from government and all these guys. Mm. But if we were to be honest and say we want to fix the system so that everyone benefits, we need to fix procurement systems in government. Mm. Number two, in business, in big businesses, we need to fix that. We need to fix procurement in, in, in that. A lot of great entrepreneurs start their business. They they are qualified. They are ready to service mm. businesses. For instance, if you have, you know, a network company, you know, you could get a company, a small company that can manufacture SIM cards. Mm. You know, why aren't we having such? I mean, why is mm. it still belonging to some elite? Mm. And, and and I think those are some of the the basic things that you could really fix in in that procurement. Mm. So, um, enterprise development. Mm. Uh, you know, departments in, in companies, mm-hmm. that's where I would be like fixing hard. Because mm. I know that if we give big business as a government to to this um, 
big businesses, big mm-hmm. companies, co- corporates, then we need to take the small businesses to eat from this uh, big businesses mm-hmm. and have get a lot of business from there. Mm-hmm. And it becomes easier that way. So I, I think um, have an open market, free mm-hmm. market system. Don't let's cut out the red, red tapes and all this bureaucracies and all the nonsense that is really happening where the, you, are, you are limited because now you... You haven't been in business because of how many times you want to do. Do you mm. want the product? Do you want the service or do you want my experience? Mm. Do you want uh, that how many years I've been in the business or do you want or do you want the service? If I can render the service and I can prove that I can render the service, mm-hmm. stop it. Give me the business. Mm. True. And uh, <coughs> Mr. President, uh, that's <laughs> if you are still in that position. <laughs> One thing I would also suggest one thing that I think would also have to change maybe, uh, data is so expensive. I think, mm, yeah. you know what, if mm. data was cheaper than what it is, you would get a lot of new people coming into I mean, the in, in different industries. I mean, podcasts like mm. this, people would actually be on the internet 24-7. Sure. You would actually oh, maybe wow. even have your own news, sta- news station sure. or your own channel 24 hours, 24 hours on sure. YouTube. You know, so yeah, that's just one my thought on that. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I think um, the tech space. Mm. I mean, is is it's it's open for people to get in. Unfortunately, there's so many limits. There's infrastructure in limits. Mm-hmm. We have horrible network in this country, mm. by the way. So infrastructure is horrible. We we can't even run Zoom meetings properly without yes. students. And I think those are some of the challenges that we, okay. we have, yeah. Yes, uh, thank you for coming on the show, Tabang. It's been a pleasure having you. We're still thank going so to much. do that episode on uh, marketing and branding. Definitely, cool. I'll, I'll jump in. Thank, thank you, you man. Cool, cheers, bye.